Dan Perkins Media proudly presents Moms Across America, a program where women can speak their minds openly and freely without fear of reprisal. Moms Across America is about the issues of the day confronting America from a mom's point of view. And now, here are the moms. Welcome to Moms Across America. This is Vicki Tonkins with my co-host, Miss Annie, with Southern Sense. And we're going to start out today. Let me go ahead and get the commercial out of the way because we have a fabulous guest today, Miss Reggie Littlejohn. And I want to tell you about the free constitution. I say this every, every week, Ashbrook dot org forward slash constitution you can download your free constitution because as i always say you don't know what your rights are if you don't know what your rights are okay so you need to know the constitution at least get familiar with it i'm not saying memorize it but you need to be familiar with it so here we go miss reggie little john she is the founder and president of women's rights without frontiers her main background has been working in China against forced, forced abortions there, but she has expanded to the World Health Organization, and we're going to talk about that a little later, but I want her to give us more of her background and the work that she's done in China, and then we're going to pepper her with questions. So here we go, Miss Little John. Thank you so much for having me on. And yes, I am an attorney. I'm a graduate of Yale Law School. In the mid-90s, I represented a couple of refugees who were victims of the one-child policy. And the first refugee I, I represented was forcibly sterilized, meaning that she was literally grabbed out of her house, held down to a table. They performed tubal ligation without oh. any anesthesia. She was permanently disabled. And that's where I figured out in the mid 90s that the Chinese propaganda that the one child policy was voluntary was a lie. And it's mm -hmm. actually, uh, it was actually enforced through forced abortion, forced sterilization and infanticide. Now the one child policy has morphed into the two child policy and the three child policy. Um, although even under the three child policy, it is still legal for the Chinese government to forcibly abort a woman. The new three child policy or the newish three child policy is, Every married couple is allowed to have three children, which means that single moms and four children are still subject to forced abortion. Now, I have been pressing for the Chinese Communist Party since they're desperate to have more children. You know, they 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 see that their that their society is aging quickly. They don't have the young population to support it. I've been urging them to get rid of all coercive population control. Why do they need any policy about population when they are so desperate to have more babies? And they have been completely non-responsive. And I believe that the reason for that is because they want to selectively enforce the three-child policy. In other words, they want to encourage births of the Han Chinese, and they want to discourage births, use the three-child policy as a hammer against disfavored populations, such as the Tibetans, such as the Uyghur population in Xinjiang. That's my opinion. <clears throat> but under whatever policy you have, you still have gendercide, the sex-selective abortion of baby girls in the countryside of China um, because of son preference. And the girls that are particularly vulnerable are second daughters. And now under the three-child policy, God forbid, third daughters, because the couples in the countryside, they can, they're barely making it 
the only reason they would have a third child is because they had two daughters and they were hoping for a son on that third child. So second daughters and third daughters are are still at risk of being um well it's hard to it's hard getting harder to get an abortion but uh, in China because they're disfavoring that now um under the because of, they need babies but there's still um there's a lot of pressure for women to give away their their daughter meaning either to give it to a couple that doesn't have the baby or to leave it in a field to die frankly um and so we established our save a girl campaign in China to save baby girls either from abortion or um or neglect or the mother being so poor that she would have to leave the baby with her her mother and go to the city to work um or being given away to another family uh so that's our save a girl campaign and we offer women $25 a month to empower them to keep their daughters. And then we also have the Save a Widow campaign where we just give widows, abandoned widows in the Chinese countryside $25 a month to help them live because they just, they don't have enough to live on. And a lot of them are committing suicide. Um, so we, so they, I call them the invisible victims of the one child policy. Um, so because of my familiarity with co coercion, and the way that the Chinese Communist Party operates for its totalitarian regime, I became very alarmed to see that coming to the United States and to the world through the World Health Organization. So that's that's the other thing that I do now. I've, I'm a co-founder of the Sovereignty Coalition and the Stop Vaccine Passports Task Force, both of which are taking aim at globalism that is coming down to the world through the World Health Organization and the United Nations. Wow. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I, I, I want to go, because uh, I've had a lot of you know, people that I've interviewed dealing with China and the forced abortions, dealing with the Fulangang, the Muslim Uyghurs, the Tibetans. Uh, they are the area of the Chinese population that are not favored, as you speak of. Uh, but I do remember a long number of years ago, and I had friends of mine that did adopt two girls from China, that the Chinese were using these baby girls as uh, a monetary trade. They became in a commodity. So if the child, the girl was born, the Chinese government said, well, I can get some money out of this and sell the, the child to a couple that wants a baby. And one hand, they're saying, you can't have another girl. On the other hand, they're saying, oh, wait a minute, maybe we can make some money off of this. Disparity in their policies is absolutely staggering. Well, so this is the thing. When people think of the Chinese government, they think this is the Chinese equivalent of the American government. It's not. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. Number one, they were never elected and they really have no legitimacy. Okay. But then just even leaving that aside, China is huge. It's got many provinces and the central government of China does not have the kind of power and control that the central government of the United States has. So there's a lot of um, disparity between different areas of the country, number one, and number two, even un under the one child policy, it could be a, a disparity between which family planning officer comes to your door. I mean, you could get a nice one, you could get an incredibly brutal one. It's really like the wild west all over China, especially when you're talking about years ago um, when these things were happening. So yeah, I mean, I. I all of these things can happen in this in this very vast country. It's, in other words, it's a revised warlord territory. 
Well, I mean, you could say that, you know, it, it is revised and they do have a central government, but the central government, when they say something you know, like this is the new law of the land, not everybody applies it. You know, some people apply it, some people don't apply it. That's, I, I that's think the way it is in China. You said something very curious that I think moms need to need to hear this. You said that the Chinese uh, government, uh, so to speak, realized they needed children. I think one of the things that most people, even here in the United States, do not understand, you get to a point where you destroy children to where you can no longer be a society. You are going to die off. I think personally, that's what they're trying to do here in America with abortion and the different things that they're doing. However, could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I want moms to understand this is far nefarious than what we think when it comes to the global population. In Ch Okay, so the Chinese Communist Party basically thinks that it's God. And they also persecute people on the basis of religion, not just uh, Christians, but all religions, because any religion that believes in a higher being than God, they will persecute. Mm -hmm. uh, and so being God, in their own opinions, they feel that they can tell women how many babies that they can and cannot have and that they can just engineer society. So um, they, you know, so under the one child policy, they, they decided that they wanted the population to shrink because they had just had a big baby um, boom before they instituted the one child policy. Then when they saw that, um, that actually their population, that their, that their workforce was going down, that they didn't have the young population to support the elderly population. When they saw that the, that the part, part of the response of the people was to selectively abort baby girls so that if they could only have one child, they would want that child to be a boy. They saw that they had a situation where they had 30 to 30 to 40 million more men living in China than women, which is also a recipe for insurrection. You know, you got 30, 40 million <laughs> frustrated military age men. Uh, so then they decide being thinking that they are God, that they could just just change the policy and everybody would just respond. Okay. So they changed it from a one child policy to a two child policy, expecting there to be this huge baby boom. Well, there wasn't. And then they ch they changed it from a two child policy to a three child policy, expecting there to be a baby boom. And there wasn't. Well, why wasn't there? Why weren't people having babies? There's a number of reasons, but one reason is that um, it's extremely expensive in China to have a child. You know, you think that it's in a communist country that they would have, you know, daycare that's paid for, that they, they would pay for <laughs> education, they would pay for medical care. Not so, okay? A lot of the, the responsibility for that falls on the shoulders of the parents. And because of the one-child policy, a lot of these parents, people who are childbearing age, are supporting themselves, they're supporting their four parents because they're the only child of their parents. And then if yep. they have grandparents living, they're they're supporting them. All of that's coming down on this couple. And then they might be able to afford one child. They certainly can't afford two children and three children is out of the question. So that's one reason. Another reason that people are not having babies today is, is actually, in my opinion, an indictment of the tyranny of the Chinese Communist Party, which is that under COVID, they had these tremendous lockdowns, um, just yeah. horrific lockdowns. Um, and I don't know if you saw the video of people standing in their apartments in Shanghai and just screaming out their bal balcony windows. You know, it just it, it was just horrific. 
and people lost everything during those lockdowns. Anything that they have had saved, anything that they had built, any business they had built, they lost it. So now in China, there's a movement called the lie down flat movement. Okay, the lie down flat movement of young people saying, you know what? I'm not going to put energy into this society. I'm going to lie down flat. I'm going to float along. And I'm certainly not going to you know, put in what it takes to have a baby. So um, so that is, and they don't even want to, to bring a child into a situation where every hope that that child has, everything that that child works for and builds for, it could be just taken away by the Chinese Communist Party at a whim with a, some kind of a tremendous lockdown. They don't want to bring a kid into that situation. So China is not able to, to, to sort of press a button and people will all of a sudden start having babies to try to support their elderly population. Wow. That, I got to tell you, that doesn't sound very different than here in America, because I mean, I have friends who are my age who should now be having grandchildren and their children are telling them, we're not bringing kids into this. We can barely support ourselves, you know? So I think people need to understand this is this is not just in China. It is happening in America too, but we know that your focus has been there. So I don't, I, I don't see my clock to see how much time we have left in this first segment, but can we kind of segue into talking to about the World Health Organization and kind of how, let's start with COVID and, and maybe what, when COVID happened that affected the entire planet, how the World Health Organization just kind of swooped in to be the savior of the day. All right. So I mean, we know they've been we know they've been messing already. All right, Vicky, Vicky, we're gonna have to take that up after the break. We're oh, time for okay. break. Okay. Well, we'll be right back in just a minute. We gotta have those sponsors. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. Welcome back to Moms Across America with my host, Vicki Tompkins, and myself, Annie Ubelis of Southern Sense Talk Radio, and our guest, Reggie Littlefield of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. And there's a lot going on in uh, the world today, not just we're talking about China and the forced abortions and all the other shenanigans with it, with their economy uh, tanking, but we now have China invented uh, the digital ID, I should say, actually, uh, this new currency that they have, a social currency, and now various other nations, as well as the United Nations and the World Health Organization are adopting it, and they're attempting to form a global society using these little gimmicks. And are our liberties, of course, not just the United States, but of course the world at stake with these moves they're making, Reggie? Oh, they're ab absolutely. Uh, so as as I mentioned, you know, I, I, I was a, was confronting the evil of Chinese uh, communist totalitarianism 
And when I saw this COVID thing come down and the way that the World Health Organization just did the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party, especially when they started talking, not only pushing vaccines, but pushing vaccine passports. Um, so the idea is, you know, COVID is terribly dangerous. Everybody needs to be vaccinated. Uh, no one in the world is safe until everyone in the world is safe. And therefore, because the, you know vaccines can, are you know completely safe and effective, uh, we need to have this vaccine passport that that tracks whether every, each person is vaccinated and boosted and whatever else. Um, of course, all that's a bunch of hooey, uh, the, and it was uh, soon became apparent that the vaccines were not completely safe and effective. But nevertheless, they put the idea in my, in everybody's mind that um, that it's extremely important to be vaccinated. They were really pushing it and through even vaccine mandates. And therefore, if you have a vaccine mandate, it makes sense to have a vaccine passport to so, so that you will only be able to do certain things in society um, if you have been vaccinated and if you can have a QR code to prove that you've been vaccinated. And that is the China model. When I saw that, I, I was like, oh my goodness, this vaccine passport, um, just just the, the digital platform can support the China social credit system. And the wow. China social credit system tracks every move you make. Um, so it will track, it will, of course, they have facial recognition. They have real-time geolocation, so they know what you look like. They know where you live. Then they track everything. They track your social media posts, your internet search history. They don't like you searching for certain things, like, for example, Tiananmen Square Massacre. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, they they okay internet spending history, anything you buy online, uh, and then also your medical history, your criminal history, um, all of your online activities. Like like for example, your social credit score will go down if you spend too much time gaming on the internet. Um, it'll go up if you participate in Xi Jinping thought, uh, which is their little brainwashing program, and then they come up with a score, and that score is how reliable of a Chinese communist sheep, you are. Okay, so if you're somebody who never makes waves, yes. who, who listens to your Xi Jinping thought every night and 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 just you know accepts everything that the government says, never criticizing them on social media, don't, you're not curious about things like the Tiananmen Square massacre or free Tibet or you know Hong Kong takeover or you know you're not curious about that you don't search for these things you can have a high score and you can live what looks like a normal life but if you start going counter narrative and they think that uh, and part of being counter narrative by the way is being a member of a faith community whatever faith community because they don't like anybody who believes in a, 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 a transcendent being that's higher than the Chinese Communist Party wow. so so if you um and they've got surveillance cameras on their churches and, and, and oh, oh you so, don't want to get me started <laughs> yeah yeah I, so, so all, all i'm saying is that, that that your score will go down and if your score goes down then you will can lose your job you will not be able to borrow money so you won't be able to buy a house or start a business your kid will not might not be able to go to a, a, a good school you will not be able to travel meaning you will not even be able to get onto the bus all right um and if it continues to go down they will sever you from your credit card and your bank account so that you are paralyzed you know how yeah. so so and and then if it continues to go down in china i'm not saying this is coming to the united states but if you continue to go down in china you can be um you know detained and there are there are credible reports of prisoner, prisoners of conscience being you know 
having their organs trafficked. So, I mean, that's China. I'm not saying right. that's coming to the United States, but well, but don't want the same platform coming to the United States. And it will come if we have these mandatory digital IDs and, and the mandatory digital IDs are being pushed by the World Health Organization and, and the United Nations and, you know, a number of you know, the, the um, World Bank. Um, well, well, Reggie, I, I want to ask you this because you mentioned the World Health Organizations multiple times. And when COVID broke out, World Health Organizations refused to recognize COVID had escaped and they covered for the communist Chinese for months. Now, I knew about it back in August, October of 2019. Yep. Because I had friends that were missionaries and we were getting coded messages. So I knew about it, but they took until I believe it was March of 2020 before they said anything. World Health Organizations now, because of the pandemic, formed a global plan where they can turn around and declare an emergency, a health emergency for any reason in any country at any time. And this is a treaty that President Biden wants us to get into, which will then relinquish our sovereignty to the World Health Organization and the UN. And this is how they're going to conquer every country within the, in this earth. But who sits in the driver's seat? Communist China. Does it oh. not? And who leads it? Someone from India. Is that not correct? Well, and also um, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, the uh, director general of the World Health Organization, who mm -hmm. has substantial ties with the Chinese Communist Party. So I agree with everything that you said. And I like the fact that you use the word sovereignty, because that's why I, I co-founded the Sovereignty Coalition. Sovereignty Coalition. Oh. I wish everybody go to go on yeah. sovereigntycoalition.org um, and sign our our declaration, which basically outlines the same thing that you just said, Annie. I mean, it's that if you would read that declaration, what you said and what's in that declaration are just about the same. And to stand up for our national sovereignty and our personal medical freedom. Now, this pandemic treaty that you just mentioned, it works together with the international health regulations. Um, and they are both coming up for a vote in May of 2024. So they have oh. not been made into law yet. But what they do is just as you said, they say that the World Health Organization is in charge of, of, of declaring a pandemic or even a potential pandemic anywhere in the world at any time. For any reason. For, for any reason. It doesn't even have to be a pandemic. It could be a potential health risk, okay? That, guns <laughs> well that's okay that's right that's right what's a health risk i'll tell you what they consider to be a health risk okay climate change <laughs> okay so guns depression racism i mean all of these are considered to be health risks and so what what they want to do if this pan pandemic treaty passes um and and the international health regulations passes means that the world health organization will be able to say um on, on the basis of anything for human health, animal health, and the climate, any of those healths, okay, this is a potential health risk. And then they will have the power to tell us how to handle our internal health risks as they define it. And this is absolutely destructive of our national sovereignty and our personal medical freedom, because another thing that they want to be able to do that's in these international health regulation amendments and the pandemic treaty is that they want to be able to determine 
what medications your doctor can and cannot prescribe and even what med medications your doctor must prescribe. So if yep. we have another pandemic, they want to have the power to force vaccination. And they the way that they're the way that they're going to enforce it is through this digital ID that we just discussed because your digital ID will reflect the fact that you are not vaccinated. And then um, I sent you you a chart of everything that the digital ID is going to control. And this is from the World Economic Forum website. But if if you get out of line, you're not going to have access to any of these uh, any of these areas of life. So this is from the chart, and I hope you can put it up. So digital ID chart from the World Economic Forum. You will need a digital ID that that is working. In other words, you have to be approved because you have been vaccinated and boosted or whatever in order yeah. to access insurance and medical care open a bank account and carry on financial transactions, travel, access humanitarian aid so that if there is a tsunami or if there's a fire in your area, you will not get humanitarian aid unless you have this digital ID that is approved. In other words, it's, it's up to date with your boosters and everything. Um, you'll not be able to shop online. You will not be able to use social media. You will not be able to vote. Mm. You will not be able to pay your taxes you will not be able to collect government benefits so social security and medicare you will not be able to collect them without this digital id um and you will not be able to own or or use computers and cell phones all right so people say well how are they going to enforce this this is how they're going to enforce it they're going to enforce it through um if they if the world health organization says you have to have this next mrna experimental drug that we're coming up with. Um, and if you don't, then your QR code on your digital ID is not going to work. And you're not going to be able to do any of the things I just told, I, I just listed to you. And you are going to be completely paralyzed and, and uh, exempt from human society. It's, it's, a, it's a tool of complete totalitarian control. And we have to stop it. Well, the next thing they're going to say is your QR code has to be in your in your hand or in your forehead. On oh, your neck. that's right. That's on your neck. Okay. You know, that's right. already started. That's that's kind of already started because yes. I went to the Whole Foods last week and they said, oh, would you like us to scan your hand to pay? Uh, I looked okay. at that woman. I said, what is Talk this? The hand. <laughs> I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to say that because it's just... Well, it's Vicky, happening. yeah, we're it's out of time though, happening. Vicky. It is. <laughs> we're out of time in both ways of speaking. Uh, the show and we're out of time with the fight. We got to start fighting now. Yes. And we do have those charts. We're going to have those posted. Uh, also, uh, you had mentioned sovereignty. Coalition. The sovereignty coalition. coalition. I couldn't even read my own writing. Sovereigntycoalition.org. Right. That's correct. So everyone, please go to that. We'll have that also for you to see and go and, and be a part of that. We cannot, as a nation, give up our sovereignty. And I can tell you right now, those who are in leadership right now would be more than willing to do that because, well, we'll talk about that another time. Um, but anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Ms. Littlejohn, for being here with us. You are a wealth of information. We've got to have you back on the show because we've got to we've got to continue talking about this. We really want moms across America to know what is happening in America. So thank you so much for being here. 
And oh, thank you, for, thank you very much for having me. And moms across America, please go on to SovereigntyCoalition.org and sign our Sovereignty um, Declaration. It'll just take you a few minutes, and it's something that you can do to stop this so that your children will not have to live under a totalitarian regime. Awesome. God thank bless you, Reggie. So moms across America, as I always say, remember, you are America, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com, that's bwradionetwork.com, and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.